The following broadcast is brought to you by the friends and partners of Revival Ministries International. Lift your hands to heaven. Father, we thank you for peculiar people called by your name. Thank you that every ear is anointed to hear and every heart receptive to receive all that heaven has today. We pray in Jesus' name and in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Amen, amen. You may be seated. I want to carry part two of what I started last week. I called it the World Economic Forum or the WEF's worst nightmare, which is the church, the body of Christ, because they wanted to shut the body of Christ down. They wanted to gag us. If you know all the regulations that were issued, we were not supposed to worship, couldn't blow a trumpet, even though there's funny pictures of people with a hole in the mask blowing a trumpet. With a <laughs> I got all these pictures and memes. I mean, remember that. I'm old enough to remember when people were blowing trumpets through holes in masks. And we were not allowed to really meet like this. You should be six feet apart. You couldn't sing in case of a globule that flew through the air and infected somebody and they would die. You couldn't baptize in water. You couldn't dedicate babies. You couldn't hug one another. You couldn't have weddings. You couldn't have funerals. I mean, it was, it was beyond the pale. So their plan obviously failed. How many realize that their plan failed? Okay. Now, so they can't get that right. So the second thing they want to work on, and they've been talking about this behind the scenes at the World Economic Forum, was to then start to attack what made the church successful. So if we can't stop them from meeting, we've got to find out what is the growing part of the church in the world today. Oh, you know who it is. It's those tongue-talking people. It's those people that speak in tongues. It's those people that lay hands on the sick, that pray for the sick, that cast out devils. We have to stop them because they're the ones that don't care about any virus. Are you with me? If you don't have a solution, then you're worried about dying, and so then you comply. But if you have the Word of God that says you shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover, then you don't, you know, worry about it. They say, oh, you need to shut down. Well, we're not going to. Why? Because we believe in healing. Well, we, so what they decided, they were going to attack healing and miracles. This was all decided at the highest levels. And unfortunately, people in major denominations that actually went to the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland, major leaders agreed to this to attack healing and miracles, to attack anybody that preached healing and miracles, to attack anybody that preached prosperity, because if you preach prosperity, the people would prosper, and then you couldn't keep them down because you want to bankrupt everybody, and you want them to own nothing and be happy, and you want everybody in bread lines, and you want everybody subject to the government, but if they bless supernaturally, then how are you going to control them? So we have to attack it. They are a cult, and they've already agreed to do that, and they're going to try to do that. You watch, even in the months coming up ahead, and then into 2023. That's why I'm cranking up the heat on what we believe. It's not just the only part of what we believe, but we believe in the laying hands on our hands. We believe in casting out devils, and we believe in prosperity, and we speak in other tongues. 
And we're not going anywhere because we serve the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the head of the church. We do not bow to outside agencies that are full of the devil, that worship Lucifer. Are you with me? That want to tell us how we can worship and what we can do. So, as far as we are concerned, we've come to realize that the church, empowered by the Holy Spirit, is the WEF's worst nightmare. And we've got a bunch of river people here today that are full of the fire of God, full of the anointing of God, that obey the Great Commission, that are not afraid of dying. Are you with me? They will lay hands on the sick, cast out devils, and they believe in miracles, they believe in provision, and God's going to raise them up. There's a mighty army of men and women that God has raised up in this hour that will not bow their knee. Can you say amen? So go with me to the book of Acts, chapter 20. Some of this is in your bulletin. I'm going to highlight just one or two things out of the bulletin this morning. If you do have a bulletin, if you don't, you need to get one when you walk in here. If you don't have a bulletin, raise your hand, and they'll get you one. Keep your hand in the air until they get your bulletin. But Acts chapter 20 and verse 7. Upon the first day of the week, which, as we know, was a Sunday, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them, ready to part on the morrow, and continued his speech unto midnight. Now, watch this now. So, Paul's going to leave. He's preaching to them, but this is his last time he's going to be with them, and he doesn't know when he'll ever be back. So, he's unloading on them. Are you with me? He is downloading on them, and he preached His speech was until midnight. And the bulletin, it's under the heading, the longest sermon. Somebody said, oh, no, pastor, don't tell me that you're going to do that today. No, I'm not going to do that today. But I'm just trying to tell you, I'm not out of line. When you come to the meetings and the camp meetings and we go till after midnight, I'm totally in line with the Scripture. Can you say amen? So if you hear anybody criticizing, oh, the river people, they go services after midnight. And then they're trying to make out that we're not biblical. Just take them to this passage. There were many lights in the upper chamber, and they were gathered together. And there sat in a window a certain young man, Eutychus, being fallen into deep sleep. And as Paul was long preaching... He sunk down with sleep and fell down from the third loft and was taken up dead. So right where there should have been a balcony, there was nothing, no railings, and the dude fell asleep and fell dead. And Paul went down, fell on him, embracing him, said, trouble not yourself, for his life is in him. And when he therefore was come up again, he had broken bread and eaten and talked a long while, even till the day could break. So, I mean, so that means even after he finished preaching, he still carried on talking <laughs> and talked past midnight, raised the kid from the dead, and the sun was rising and he was still talking. And they brought the young man alive and were not a little comforted. In other words, they were like rejoicing. They were all happy because the kid fell asleep. Now... There are many things, if you look at Bible scholars, they try to make out, you know, that the young man had no respect, and that's why he fell asleep, and how people fall asleep in the service. But 
I don't see it that way. I see it as a hot room. He probably was tired. Paul was going on, and he dozed off. How many have ever dozed off? I've watched some of you doing the stand, and I must be honest with you, some of you, even our pastors, have dozed. No, no, it's true. Even some of our pastors have dozed. And that's, I'm, I'm not going to interpret that as you don't love God or His Word. Are you with me? That just shows the humanity side of the people that are sitting, and God understands that. Remember, Jesus had two disciples that fell asleep when He was praying. He's closest to Him fell asleep. Are you with me? So that's why sleep is important. <laughs> Amen. How many need to get a little bit more sleep? Right. So you have to designate some time to go to sleep. That's what the night is for. The night is when you go to sleep. That's why you put off all the screens or television, put your phone away from you, and you fall asleep. Amen. Somebody said, Pastor, I'm like an insomniac. I can't sleep. We can help you. That's why we got healing school. We'll get you healed from that. Amen. So they ate together. They fellowshiped, which they, this is what the World Economic Forum, they don't want us fellowshipping. They don't want us having the community. When you, when you are separated, you cut off. Nobody even knows. You could die in your house and they find your carcass two weeks later or three weeks later because a UPS comes in and he says, hey, there's some smell coming from underneath the door. That happened. Yeah. That happened. Where somebody was a loner. But when we all connected, then we look in fellowship. Um, Man, somebody's missing. Where, where are they? And then immediately you know they need help. And then we help, we help one another. We help the body of Christ. Now, this was Paul's longest sermon on record. It was at least six hours to ten hours long. So, Paul, I have not gone six hours. I've probably gone five hours. So, that's something I still have to put on the book. But don't worry, it's not going to be this morning. Okay, just so you know. But six to ten hours. Now, I've preached that over a day. I mean, we've done three meetings, and I've preached longer than that, in, in, but not in one continual thing. And maybe we, like we do an all-night prayer meeting, one night we'll have an all-night me preaching meeting or whatever, you know, which is important. Everybody's just looking at me like that. We'll give you special twigs to put in your eyes and you can hold them up. Paul was packed. He was ready to depart in the morning, so this was his last opportunity to minister before leaving. There were many lights in the upper chamber where they were gathered. They didn't have church buildings, but they met wherever they could, in this case, in an upper room on the third floor. That's why when we had all our home groups across the city, 110 home groups, which was important. Are you with me? But remember, when the lockdown came, there were certain people in certain districts that they didn't even want them meeting people in their homes. You can see how insidious this plan is. So you cut off people from fellowship. And believe it or not, this is still in effect in certain parts of the world as we speak. Not here in free Florida, but even in some places in America, 
it is beyond. You can't even imagine what they're still trying to execute. I got called, called by a minister who the Lord spoke to them to go to Canada. They didn't follow the protocols, but they got into Canada. They went to the border. They got through. Nobody asked them any questions, and they're traveling preaching. And they're not amongst the church. They're amongst secular groups. And they called me yesterday and said, Pastor, the people in Canada are very, very angry because everybody's dropping dead and they don't know why they're dying and there's no one to give an account of why the people are dying. The church is separate because they are encouraged by the word of the Lord. But the world in Canada, they have nothing to encourage them. And they are, it's pushing Canada to the brink which is beyond anything you can imagine. In actual fact, the person said to me, I've never seen this much anger coming from a crowd of people. That's why this thing will backfire for all you that are planning this, because the people are saying no. You will push it, and you'll keep pushing it, but I promise you right now, you are not going to be able to accomplish what you want to do, especially while the body of Christ is here, because the body of Christ is not going to listen to you. I said the body of Christ is not going to listen to you. The body of Christ listens to Jesus Christ, the head of the church. So they didn't have buildings. Now, it's not all about the building. God can meet us wherever we are, indoors or outdoors. Look where we are now. Are we indoor or outdoor? We don't really know. No, seriously, I'm still trying to work out where we are. Are we indoor? Who thinks we're indoor? Wave your hand. Who thinks we're indoor? Who thinks we're outdoor? We're not outdoor. We ha you're half right. We indoor outdoor. Because it's not outdoor, there's outdoor. This is indoor. Are you with me? There's no doors. But we are inside. You can say people come inside under the pavilion. Come inside under the covering. We're not outside. We were outside. How many remember when we were outside? How many know it was hot? How many know when it rained, it rained? Who got totally soaked, drenched? Who was dripping wet? Well, so we're not outside, but we're not inside. But we're inside, outside. And we're outside, inside. But we are gathered together here in one accord, in one place, to celebrate Jesus and to worship, to bring our gifts to Him, and to receive the Word of the Lord that will come into our spirit, that will carry us for the next seven days. Can you say amen? So there were many lights or lamps, which I look at the church as a place of light. The church is a place of the Word of God, is, is that the Word is a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your pathway. That's why it's important that we gather together. Now, I've been talking to ministers even this past week, and they said to me, I was speaking to one pastor of a very large church, he said, you know, we used to have 6,000 people on Sunday morning. He said, we're down to 3,000 people on Sunday morning. And he said, 
We just cannot get the people back because they're so addicted. This is another part of America. He said they're so addicted to the online. So I said to him, Pastor, I believe God's going to give you a breakthrough to when people will come back into the sanctuary and come and fellowship because that's the big thing. You can't fellowship when you're sitting watching an online thing. Thank God for the backup of that. But there is no fellowship. No one can see you and you can't see anybody. I received a call from a minister who's in a foreign country right now. And he said to me, when I got there to this foreign country, we were sitting in the house and he said on the television, there came the stand. And he said, the people can't speak English, but they sing every song in English. Yeah, they can't speak English, but they sing every song. And then they look and they point to the different ones. That's Pastor Ray. That's Octavia. And they know everybody by name because they've been watching in a foreign field thousands of miles from here. They're sitting watching the stand and they, they are connecting. They don't understand English, but they feel the presence of God. They feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost and it's feeding their spirit. Can you say amen? So this minister said to me, I now understand what you say when you say many people are watching, even on what we consider to be an off night, like a Monday night or Tuesday night or a Thursday night or, you know, people are in a place of hunger and thirst and you can just see that, but they're not able, they would, if, if you knew how many people would give anything to be here today, if the people that could be here today were here today, we would have no room. The pavilion would be packed all the way through out into the parking lot on the other side. And there would be people that would not even leave here for days. I'm just telling you because they, they text me all the time. They text me on social media. People are watching. Pastor, thank you for that message today. Thank you. That was an encouragement to me today. Because the word is a lamp. It's a light. Can you say amen? Now, something else that I also get from this, even though the kid died, because things will die, there was resurrection life in the place. So the church is a place of light and resurrection life. Are you with me? That means things that would look like they're dead. Maybe you're even sitting here today and you think there's some things that are dead and it's, it's not going to, it'll never ever come again. But yet today, even in the service, God's going to breathe new life upon you. No, I'm not going to come and stretch myself out on your body. You can mark that down. I ain't doing that. But I'll tell you who will. The Holy Spirit will come and stretch himself out on you and breathe life into you and whatever look did will come alive. I'm telling you right now. And there will be an acceleration. I, I, I got to say this right now. Now there's people sitting here and even watching and you say, but I've wasted many years and all that kind of stuff. Look, get over that. There's a new beginning for you. God, you've got to You've got to close the door on yesterday. You have to close the door on the past. And you've got to realize that there's a new beginning. God can take the next three years and make them equivalent to 30 years if you will hear the word of the Lord. Because there's light, there's life, 
this love and this resurrection power that is in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now somebody said, yeah, but what if, let's say that he fell and he didn't get raised? He went to heaven. I mean, that's the other side of it. Look, if you're going to die, it's better to die in a church than to die being hit by a bus. Oh, I didn't get much response from that one. No. <laughs> if you're going to die, it's best to just die in a service than to, get die, to die in a drive-by shooting. It's better to die in a church service than to die. One wealthy lady down, I think, Sarasota, she was coming out of the club. She was like 78 years old, and she's carrying her purse and her bag, and she's walking, and she's with... Only God knows how many million, and she walked along in a high heel thing like this, and she tumbled and went into the pond, and the three alligators zapped her and snacked her. Very wealthy lady, but her heel of a shoe got caught in one of the wood, on the knots on the wooden thing, and she stumbled like this, went into the thing, and before anybody could help, three alligators. They ate her. I know. She wasn't a tither. <laughs> she wasn't. She, she just. She wasn't a giver. I mean, I'm sorry for even bringing this up, but I'm not making this up. That actually happened, folks. It's not a parable. It's a real story. There was a certain lady. This actually took place. Remember, alligators don't know who you are. You know, an alligator is not a respected person. They're not. They just see meat. And they get hungry too. She should have had a poodle with her or something that she could sacrifice. Are you with me? And now I've got people that are, would be, they're more, they're upset right now that I would even talk about a dog being eaten by an alligator because they're much happier that it was a lady and not a pet poodle. It's not funny. <laughs> Say this after me, the church, the church. is a of, place of light, which is the light of the Word of God. That's a lamp to your feet. Why do you need a lamp for your feet so you don't stumble and fall in the lake and get eaten up by alligators? a lamp unto your feet so you can make straight paths for your feet. Then, if you don't walk alone, somebody will say, hey, be careful. You don't want to get stuck in that hole there. You know, she was walking by herself. There was nobody there. She had a lot of money, but had no people around her. You can have a lot of money, and you can die alone. 
People try to save her. But it's rough when you pull out one arm and a leg. Are you with me? It's not funny. Are you laughing at him? He thinks it's funny. Huh? You've got nothing to do with him? You don't know him? You've never seen him before? So what did it cost that lady for belonging to that country club? It cost her an arm and a leg. The church is to pray for one another. The church is to care for one another. The church is to carry one another's burdens. And if necessary, carry somebody. But you cannot carry people that don't want help. And you cannot carry people that won't listen. You can only carry humble people and teachable people. The church carries those that are tired and weary. Well, they feel like they can't go on another day. You look at me and say, Pastor, have you ever felt like that? There are many times I've felt like that. But if you separate yourself, it doesn't happen. It doesn't work. It comes together with fellowship, with the community of the saints, where you just, I mean, 10 minutes of hanging around other people that are full of God, it just refreshes you it restores you, and it revives you. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. That's what's happening here this morning. I feel it all over this place right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's not going to cost you an arm and a leg this week. I said it's not going to cost you an arm and a leg this week. Someone said, yeah, but how's God going to get me out of the predicament? If you submit to him, Amen. if you submit to him, resist the devil, he will flee from you. If you follow what God has for you, then the outcome will be different than what the enemy has for your life. I don't care what's taking place in the world out there. Somebody said, well, you have to. No, because I know what heaven has planned for you. I'm here to declare heaven's plan for you, not the devil's plan for you. God's plan for you is greater than anything you can ever even begin to imagine. And my whole prayer for the congregation here at the river is, Lord, I don't want anybody to get to heaven. And the Lord said, come over here, let me show you what I was going to do for you. But you didn't want to listen. And you go, no, Lord, seriously, you were going to do that for me? Yes. Beyond what I was going to do for you, let me show you what I was going to do through you. 
Because God doesn't just want to do something for you or to you. He wants to do something through you. He wants to use you to be the one that helps the person. Imagine being the one that as the lady stumbled, you were there like flash. You were there to help her from falling into the lake. Are you with me? How many want to be a help? How many want to be the one that the Lord sends on assignments in this hour to help? Just pray this after me. Say, Father, I'm obedient. I will obey your voice. I will do your plan. I will do your bidding. In my daily life, as I go about my work, I will always be ready at any moment to spring into action to rescue and to do what you call me to do. My hands, my mouth, my feet are the extension of Jesus in the earth today. Hallelujah. Somebody said, how can you say that? Well, you are his body. I said, you are the body of Christ. Hallelujah. And you're not a sad body, you're a happy body. Amen. How many know Jesus is not depressed? He's not depressed. For the Bible says David encouraged himself with the Lord. There might be days that you have to encourage yourself with the Lord. Somebody said, how do we do that? When you get up, look at yourself in the mirror and then talk to yourself. There have been many days I wake up, I look in the mirror and go, you. And I look back at myself and I go, I'm watching you today. And then I say, I'm watching you too. And I mean, I can't tell you what a blessing that my wife has been to me many times. I mean, when I did, she'll come, she'll just put her hand on me, start praying over me, you know. That's an encouragement. It's much better than stabbing me in the back with a knife. <laughs> Amen. Now all the singles are looking at me like, why did you even bring that up, Pastor? I'm just going to tell you, the Lord has the right one for you. Amen. So how many get the understanding today of why they hate healing and miracles? How many understand that? Because every, everybody is healed and sustained by God. They don't need the shots. I put it on the news today, there's a little short clip, which you can see the news later. <laughs> this is the American government. The one dude sits there, he says, God gave us two arms, the right arm for the flu shot and the left arm for the vaccine. <laughs> Seriously, this is on the news. So I said, yeah, in the beginning, God created heaven and earth and God made man. And God said, I give you a right arm for a flu shot and a left arm for a vaccine. What? Are you out of your mind? When you start smoking crack, 
at a governmental level, you will say any kind of crap imaginable and people will accept it, especially when they saw it on CNN. You doing okay, Thomas? He's falling asleep here. Yeah, all right. Well, please, thank God you're on the floor here. You're going to fall down and die, and I don't have to come raise you from the dead. He says it's hot. He's from Turkey. What do you want? People stand there doing this? and Huh? The treasure that you carry, the hope that you carry, the life that you carry must go out. The continuation of that life is in your giving of it. Even when you don't feel like it, even when everything's coming against you, even when there's been suddenness of the enemy to try to stop you. Because you can imagine, you know, what, what is the family? We came to this service today. We came to hear Paul. He preached so long. Our kid is dead. He felt, you know. So there could have been, it's the end of the story, but it's not the end of the story. In the place of the anointing, in the place of the presence of God, there's life. That's why they want to cut out. They want to cut the anointing out. They want to cut it out. Even though they practice witchcraft behind the scenes, even though behind the scenes they work with demonic powers, pretend to be agnostic, pretend to be an atheist, yet they worship Lucifer, are you with me? Offer sacrifices and shed blood in worship to their God. They don't want us to worship the living God, the only true God, the creator of heaven and earth. They don't want us to sing. They don't want us to shout. They don't want us to dance. When the revival first broke out back in 89 and picked up momentum, 1990, 1991, 23, by 94, we were attacked on every front. And one of the leading men against what he called the cults, he deemed, he said, Rodney Brown is one of the worst um, I'm trying to think of the words that he used. Uh, the, 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 there was a word he used. He said, the greatest onslaught and attack against the church in modern history. You know what? He said, because they don't worship like 10, 15 minutes. They worship for an hour. And when they worship an hour, people get into altered states of mind. I thought, we need to get people into altered states of mind. So he felt that I was breaking from Orthodox Christianity by having long worship services. How many are glad that we have the worship that we have here at the church? I guess Paul was a threat to Orthodox Christianity by preaching between six to ten hours. 
Just saying. See, when we had church, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't have it around the clock. Obviously, there's a set time, the service will come to an end, we're going to close with communion today and all of that. We understand all that. But if we just come here with a set time, I had, I'll say this and then we're going to pray. I had a pastor, I spoke to him this morning. He said to me, we've had two services at our church because we can't fit the people in. But he said, I have to cancel one of the services because he said, I have two different churches. The first service, we race to get everything so we can get them out so the second service can come in. And the first service will be like very little of the power of God. And he said, the second service just blows up and the power of God falls. And he said, it's the most irritating thing. He said, actual fact, I want to leave. I don't want to be the pastor there anymore. So I said, well, just dump the one service and have one service. Just jam the people in. And I said, we'll pray. And God's going to give you the land and give you the new building to house the people so you can have one service and worship God. And he said, I'm going to do it. But he said, I can't carry on like this anymore. I remember years ago when we had two services, when we first moved in here, it irritated me because half of the church never saw the other half. Then people come to me and say, has so-and-so left the church? I said, no, they're still here. Well, I haven't seen them. I said, they come to the second service. Oh. Then people in the second service said, is so-and-so still here? Did they leave the church? I said, no, they come to the first service. That would gnaw on me. That would irritate me. Are you with me? And the same thing, you've got to get the thing over because of the parking. You're going to get the parking flow and get everything out and get them in for the next batch. And then you're hurrying everything if there's nothing greater, who's ever gone out to a restaurant where nobody put pressure on you, you, have to, you, you are out here by a certain time. Hello. You can just sit in fellowship and talk to people. and wonder. That's what church is supposed to be about. So I can tell you for a fact, they don't want churches like this. But I can tell you for a fact, they're not going to stop churches like this. Because a church like this is never going to close, number one. It will never become a site for their witchcraft. It will never become a site for their testing or their vaccines or anything to get from the hand that supposedly feeds the people. Because this place comes and eats from the hand of the Lord. And just coming on this property, the presence of God will come on you. By the time you get home already, miracles will be put into line. That this week that we're facing even now will be a supernatural week. That you will see the hand of God Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday. And the glory of God will be made manifest in and through your life. Why? Because you are the church. You are his hands and his feet and his mouth. And you represent him. And you are the worst nightmare. Tampa will be shaken by the hand of God. Tampa, Florida will be saved. Our high schools are going to be shaken. Our primary schools are going to be shaken. Our universities are going to be shaken. Every house, every business, every street. Let me close with this. It's like maybe the devil has a channel where he watches and all the demons watch. 
and where they're reporting. Major, major hurricane of the glory of God sweeping Tampa. It's like an eye of a storm is just sitting there. We're losing control. We used to run drugs in a certain area. They've come in, they've won everybody to Jesus. Nobody's running drugs anymore. People are getting saved. And now drug dealers are going to Bible school and they're getting full of the Holy Ghost and they're being raised up and they're becoming preachers. And they're putting out an announcement to all the demons, take a vacation, go to the Bahamas. <laughs> go to Jamaica, go somewhere, but just leave the Tampa Bay area because the river people are coming. People full of faith, full of the anointing, full of the fire of God. And the problem is they come and they're happy. Don't you know that you're not supposed to be that happy? Gloria a Dios, yes. I could spend another hour just telling you the miracles that have happened the last three years. People who should have been dead, people whose children were dying, people who God gave miracles in their household. And everybody around us and connected with us are having children. We've had three babies born just in the circle this last week. And they're all perfect. Everything's happening. It's taking place. I'm telling you right now. At a time when you're not supposed to be walking in this realm. Because when the hand of God is on you, when the blessing of God is upon your life, there is no devil in hell that can stop you. And I proclaim this over you today. No devil in hell will stop you this next week. You will accomplish heaven's purpose and plan. You will do what God's called you to do. And you will see the glory of God in your home, in your marriage, in your children, in your grandchildren, in your great-grandchildren, in your walk, in your talk, in your business, in your ministry, in any heavenly assignment that's been given unto you. And you'll be in the right place at the right time. You know what? The kid that fell asleep fell asleep in the right service. There's a right service to fall asleep in and there's a wrong service to fall asleep in. If you fall asleep in a Holy Ghost service, somebody's going to raise you from the dead. You fall asleep in a dead church, they just call for their thing. They take your carcass away, and then nobody hears from you again. I'm just telling you right now, you want to be in the right place at the right time, and I believe every one of you are in the right place at the right time, and the hand of God is upon you. Now, one more thing. Wherever you go this week, for those people, when they come into contact with you, they're going to be in the right place at the right time because you bring a solution to their life. And the solution is Jesus. Can you say amen? You believe that? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And if you ever did fall in a lake, no alligator would eat you because they would be all on an extended fast.
Praise God. I want everybody to bow your heads. Close your eyes. I want to give an invitation right now. We'll give an invitation for those that need to respond today. And then we'll be having communion together, which is very important. The communion is what's carried us. So I encourage you, do not leave till we have communion together. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, if you've come into this place and you fit in any one of these categories, I want to pray with you and for you. Maybe you walked in here today and you say, Pastor, I don't know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I've been hanging around church, but I don't really know him. As Pastor Eric was even talking about seeing Jesus as he really is, you say, look, I want to see him as he really is. I saw him through the eyes of religion and tradition, but I want to see him as he really is. Today, he's calling you. Today, he says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Even you that are watching by way of television, will you let him take control of your life today? In order for you to do that, you just have to humble yourself and say, yes, Lord. He will come and he will change you and you'll never be the same. You'll never be the same. It's this light, it's this resurrection life that will transform you today. What would happen if today was your last day on the earth and you went home, put your head on your pillow in the middle of the night, you breathed out your last breath, where would you go? Where would you spend eternity? There is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. And you don't have to go to devil's hell because 2,000 years ago on Calvary's cross, the price was paid and the blood was shed. And just like that old song said, there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunged beneath their flood was all their guilty stain. Today, will you come? Will you surrender? Will you surrender to him and say, yes, Lord? He loves you so much. He loves you so much. Maybe you've come here today. You say, Pastor, I gave my life to the Lord. Days gone by, but I've grown cold. I'm not serving God like I should. I've lost that passion, that first love that I once had. But today, I want to come back. Today, I want to fall in love with Jesus all over again. Will you surrender fresh to him? I always tell people, God looks at the heart. He doesn't look on the outside. And when he looks on the heart, he sees three temperatures, hot, lukewarm, or cold. And this is not the hour to be lukewarm. This is the hour to be on fire. Maybe the hidden things have clogged the heart. Pride, unforgiveness, bitterness, jealousy, anger, lust. The hidden things that need to go. Let him take them out of you today. He said, I will take out a stony heart and put a new spirit within you. Let him do that today. Maybe there's something outward that everyone can see and you feel, well, that disqualifies me. But the Lord says, no, no, come. God is a God of a second chance and a new beginning. Will you surrender to him today and say, yes, Lord. Maybe you're sitting here, you're watching by way of television. You say, Pastor, a storm came against my life. I was going, I was serving God, I was doing great, and then this thing hit me like a Mack truck from hell, out of the blue. A sudden divorce, the bankruptcy, a loss of a loved one, a sudden illness, the betrayal of a close friend, the loss of a job. Something happened that rocked my world. 
But today I want to surrender. Today I'm coming to Jesus. Today I'm going to say, yes, Lord, I come to you. Will you let him do that? Will you let Jesus do that? He will come and do that for you. He loves you. Today is your day of freedom and liberty. Maybe it's not a storm. Maybe you're sitting here today, you say, I'm a child of God, but as I'm sitting here today, I do not have the assurance that I'm saved. I want to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I'm a child of God. I want to know. I want to know. I want to have a relationship. I don't want to have religion. If this is you, if you fit into any one of these categories right now, I want to pray with you for you. Right where you are, quickly put your hand up and say, pray for me. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Raise up high. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Your hands are going up all across the field. Just slip it up high and say, yes, Lord. Yes, today is my day of freedom and liberty. You can put your hands down. On this side of the pavilion, all the way through the back, if you didn't raise your hand but want to be included, just slip that hand up and say, include me right now. Anybody else? Anyone else? Put the hand up right now and say, yes, Lord. Yes. 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 I surrender. This middle section, you didn't raise your hand but want to be included, put the hand up right now and say, include me right at the back. Another hand there. Anybody else? This side over here, you didn't raise your hand, but want to be included, slip it up high. God bless you. I want every person that raised your hand to stand to your feet right now. Stand to your feet. We're going to pray. Everyone that raised your hand, stand. I want you to bring your personal belongings and come right down here. We're going to pray together. Come. Ushers, bring them, if you will. To follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. The cross before me, the world behind me, the cross before me, the world behind me, the cross before me. The world behind me. No turning back. No turning back. No turning back. You can take the whole world and give me Jesus. Take the whole world. You can take 
been tormenting you is broken this day by the power of the blood. Now I cast it out. Go from him. I pull it out now by the roots. Go. Go from him right now. Torment him no more. From this very day. From this very day I set you free by the power of the blood of Jesus. Free. Free. Come out of him. From this moment. From this moment. Never the same. Never the same. I want you to look at me right now. We're going to pray a prayer. Pastor Julian, where are you? You got caught away. So when he gets up, I want you to take him and just minister to him. Look at me. We're going to pray together. We're going to pray together right now. If you've been busy with God, God means business with you. I want you to close your eyes. You that are watching in your homes, close your eyes and pray this together with me. Say, Father, I come to you in the precious name of your son, Jesus. Lord, you said in your word, if I confess with my mouth, Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. And I believe in my heart that God has raised you from the dead. I will be saved. So, Father, right now, I confess Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. Come into my heart right now. Take out the stony heart. Put in a heart of flesh. Wash me. Cleanse me. Change me. Fill me, use me. Let me never be the same again. I turn my back on the world. I turn my back on sin. And I follow you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for shedding your blood for me. Thank you that on the third day you rose for me. And thank you that you're coming back again for me. From this day on, I'll never be the same again. I confess Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. He is my Lord and my Savior. And right now, by faith in the finished work of the cross and by the shed blood of Jesus, I am saved. Thank you, Lord, for saving me now. Now lift your hands and just thank him. Let me pray over you. Father, I pray that you would seal them now 
by your blood and by your spirit that on that day not one would be missing. Use them, raise them up, and use them to be mighty men and women of God, we pray. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Amen, amen. This program has been brought to you by the friends and partners of Revival Ministries International in Tampa, Florida. For more information on the ministry of Drs. Rodney and Adonica Howard-Brown or for additional resources, visit Revival.com.